Cougs house. The Houston Cougars knock off the Rice Owls 75 to 39 to avenge that fateful football loss a couple months back. And I'm here to tell you, it wasn't even that close. You are Locked On Cougs, your daily podcast on the Houston Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Cougs, daily podcast about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach Parker Ainsworth, here to break down all things Cougs. If you're a fan or just a hater who can't stop by, you're invited to. Just be sure to subscribe down below. That way, there's the latest on Cougs and Unity's feed each and every day. We appreciate you making Locked On Cougs your first listen of the day. And welcome back to the YouTube channel. That's where you found us. It is so, so good to see you again. Hit subscribe. Helps get to the next 250 mark. That is 2,000. We're doing a giveaway every 250, so hit subscribe. Helps get to the next one at 2,000. Like, comment on the video to let us know you are in the contest. Uh, if you've listened to this whole thing, you feel like Rice is fairly successfully broken down, and you don't know what to say, tell us if you, are, if you like white rice, brown rice, yellow rice, Spanish rice, whatever kind of rice you like to eat. Now, today's episode has got a couple of different things we're going to look at here. So let's go ahead and jump on into the breakdown. Let's talk a little bit about how it's going to go. Let's talk first about what happened in the game. The second segment, I want to talk about the big men and their active movements. And the last segment, I want to talk some about wing players and aggression coming in off the wings. Now, Houston does win 75 to 39 officially. I think the, uh, Jumbotrons and the TV all said 76-38 at the buzzer. That's been corrected at some point. I, it doesn't matter. Giant win. Per sports reference, I saw this number floating around different. What sports reference has this as the second lowest point total that Houston's ever held rise to. The previous they have was 36 in 1986-87. Uh, 39 points is also what it's worth, less points than the Rice football team scored against the Houston Cougars uh, just a couple months back. Yeah, that's the thing that happened. Um, but incredible defensive effort. Rice made 13 baskets, 13 made field goals. Houston had 13 steals. Rice ended up with 21 turnovers. Houston had 35 missed shots and 15, uh, 17 offensive rebounds. That's more. That's almost exactly half of their missed shots. Now. I don't think in the post game, Cullen Sampson said, and I'm quoting him here. It's not easy being a good defensive team. It's not, you know, not all defensive teams are built equal. They're all different. But the first thing I tell our kids, I tell them, you don't have to be a great defensive player. We'll protect you. You got to be in the right place. You have to be able to move on the fight of the ball or on the dribble. The ball is constantly moving on the court. So being in the right place is fluid. And I thought on Wednesday night, Houston just flat looked like a team playing at a different speed. It looked like they were moving in fast forward while Rice was stuck in slow motion. It looked like at any moment, Houston could hit the turbo button and be at the ball quicker than Rice could. And that's credit to the scheme, credit to the coaching, credit to the strength and conditioning, credit to all the things. But I think that's exactly what Samson's talking about here is that they're moving while player A is passing the ball to player B as the ball is releasing from the fingertips and they're meeting the ball at its next spot. They're moving as soon as the ball like leaves the guy's hand to dribble and they're beating him to the spot he's trying to head to. They're doing all these things on a string. Uh, for reference, 
as to how this game went, though. Makai Mason, star player for Rice thus far, them hit a three at the 15-12 mark in the first half to go up nine to eight. Uh, Houston was down for the next couple minutes until LJ Cryer hit a three at the 13-13 mark. So 13 minutes and 13 seconds left in the first half. Houston never looked back. They went on a 26 to nine run to end the first half. And if you want to continue that run out, they outscore Rice 67 to 30 after those first seven minutes. So you could dog them for the slow start. You can't say they didn't turn it on. They played tougher. They played more physical. They played faster. Um, Breaking down into what sets went right and what sets went wrong. We'll talk a little bit about that when we get to each individual player. As far as like, Impressive statistics. Uh, Travis Evie, their high point man on the season, point guard, 17 points per game, second highest point man, I should say, uh, 17 points per game, 2.3 assists per game. Houston held him to three points, two assists, and two turnovers. So kept him below his averages and everything, and 20 points, or sorry, 14 points below his points per game average. Now, I look at a number of different individual efforts and things like that. And it doesn't feel right to single out in any one of them. It was a total team domination of the Rice Owls from start really to finish. And there was, like I said, there was that hot second where Makai Mason makes a three at the 15 minute mark, but it was eight to two before that earlier. Right. But the story of the night actually might've been the guy sitting in the 20th row talking to a bunch of high school and college football players and that was new football coach Willie Fritz Willie Fritz wisely was very present and active at the, at the basketball game Sp- spoke to the crowd at halftime spoke to some media members in the tunnels after that and for what it's worth he continued to use the this basketball team as the intro to the fan base Um, he said in his opening press conference that he wanted his football team to be as tough and play as hard as Kelvin Sampson's basketball team, praised Sampson's efforts. He uses the basketball team as an example of excellence in athletics when talking to ESPN at halftime of the basketball game and talked about the atmosphere that they have, the atmosphere that they've built with their success, shows that Houston can be that kind of an environment. Right um, now, I think it's interesting. And before I get into individual performances as a team, that the basketball team has become that kind of a calling card here, right? Because Willie Fritz knows exactly what he's doing. Willie Fritz is using the momentum of the basketball season, the basketball program. He's using the buzzwords, traits, identifiers that you could use about a hard-nosed Samson team and a football team and using that as a way to get people that are excited about the basketball program, like you and I, to have some sort of a vision as to what he wants to get out of his football team. Because truthfully, the word toughness or the word physicality, those are so dramatically different across sports. But what we both really hear and feel when he says those kinds of things is success. We feel and hear him reference the basketball team, and we automatically go to, they're winning 30-plus games a year. They built that program up in the last nine years to win 30-plus games per year. He, we identify what he's saying and connect it 
somewhat subconsciously to, oh, he's looking to make this thing successful. He's not just saying that because that'd be cliche and we're going to win some games. Like we heard that one before, but he's connecting with something that makes you feel that without having to be that blunt or frankly, that cliche with it. It really feels more authentic. Now his teams do play tough. I'm excited about it. And this team, this basketball team played really, really tough as well. I want to talk some about the big men in the second segment, but first big men led to a big win. And if you are looking for a big win this week, head over to Fando because right now the weather's getting a little colder, a little colder. And as the weather gets colder, NFL offers stay hot at FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It's $150 if the team you put 5 bucks on wins. If you're thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. They have super easy-to-use app. They have spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. If you go to FanDuel right now, they have our Houston Texans as a 3.5-point road favorite against the New York Jets. Now, I will say that money line that we're talking about is at minus 190 at this point as the time of this recording for the Houston Texans. There's some movement in that this week. So make sure you go jump on it, put $5 on it. The Houston Texans wins. You can get $150 back in bonus bets. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right. I said I'm talking about the big men in this matchup, and that kind of gets me into more of the schematics and those kinds of things of how this game operated. I have to say, Houston started this game in a way I did not think I'd see them start a game this year, and that was by intentionally going to Javier Francis on the block to get the game started. And it worked, to be fair. Like I'm not, I'm not saying I I didn't think it wouldn't work. I just didn't think they'd ever go there. I have so many options, frankly, Cryer, Shed, whichever one they start, Sharp or Dunn, and then obviously Juwan Roberts' this guy a year ago. Again, a year ago, when Juwan was playing the, fr- the five, they would typically find Jawan for one of his classic left-handed, not quite a hook shot, not quite a flip, right? Um, where he goes, puts his right shoulder in the defense and pops it up and kind of get him active, get him engaged. And we saw it work so well that we would eventually see it this year when J1 moves to the power forward spot too, right? And so you're constantly finding him, constantly finding him, constantly finding him, those kind of things to start the game, get him on the right footing. Against Rice, Houston went to JBR Francis. And frankly, um, he got, you know, he averaged five points a game coming in. He had 10 points in the just 19 minutes on the night. So it clearly translated across the entirety of his play. But what it also really did was got Max Fielder their center, the 6'11 center from Rice and foul trouble. Now, Fielder, if you remember from my pregame breakdown, was a guy I had, frankly, like good things to say about. He was a facilitator. He was a guy that um, 
his great passer. He did it mostly from the high post, sometimes from around the foul line. Um, really, really impressive basketball player. And I'm trying to find the minute mark here. Yes, his third foul, because they were playing through Javier, which meant they were going to the block, to the post, putting stress and pressure on Fielder. His third foul came with six minutes and 42 seconds in the first half. He then obviously went and took a seat for a second, and Houston was up 24 to 13 at that point, within the half up 34 to 18. Again, that's a 10 to 5 run in the six minutes, six minutes and 40 seconds that Fielder was on the bench in the half. Now, obviously, the lead expands and continues to continue to expand in the second half, but that's all because they went at him. And I actually think this was somewhat intentionally schematic, not just to get Javier going, but it did but to go right at their best player, right? Going at Dielder put him in a couple different awkward spots, make him make some decisions, and he made the wrong ones and ultimately got in foul trouble. Now, Houston was going to beat Rice no matter what scheme Rice threw out there and no matter what scheme Kelvin threw out there. They're just the better basketball team. But in looking at things they can continue to get better at, there will be a lot of teams this season. Kansas. Texas has a good big man. Um, teams that have your seven footers that lead them in scoring. Hunter Dickinson of Kansas, the one that comes to mind all the time. So I reference him a lot. Um, going at that guy, making him value, changes an entire game, changes an entire night. And this entire sport, as much fun as it is, is decided by a bunch of one game samples. You can go at Hunter Dickinson and get him in some foul trouble in the Big 12 Conference Tournament. It's a one game. You just got to beat him once, right? Now, I think Houston can beat Kansas in a number of different ways. We'll preview that game when we get there. But by, as far as beating Hunter Dickinson one-on-one one goes, get him foul trouble that one night, he's out. He's done, right? Um, same kind of thing would pop up in the national level in the March Madness Tournament. So on. we saw, frankly, how Houston's poor shooting kind of got them in the Sweet 16 in a one-game sample last year, right? Going at a big guy and getting foul trouble like that's an interesting strategy. It also, frankly, was refreshing to see Javier score the basketball. Um, he's had a rocky road. Not rocky. That's not fair to say. He's had a difficult path at Houston because he came at a time when there were a bunch of really talented big men on an elite eight basketball team. And so we didn't get to play much. As Kelvin Sampson will tell you and said in the postgame, he tells you all the time, but he's reiterating the postgame that, you know, his freshman year, he really never played. And his sophomore year, Houston brought in a lottery pick at power forward and moved Jawan to the Jawan to the center. And he didn't really get to play much then either because they had Reggie Chaney as their sixth man of the year in the conference, right? And so suddenly it's like, okay, well, he's not going to play much then. And so where is he going to find minutes? This is the most minutes he's played by a long shot in any year he's been at Houston thus far. And he's finding his path, you know, that five points a game becoming 10. I hope it's not an accident. I hope we see more of the eight to 12 point range for him over the course of these last few non-conference games, kind of get him ready for a daunting task in the big 12. Um, now he's not the only big man that played well. Uh, Joan Roberts, the guy we've talked about a couple of times now, is playing the power four this year, just had four points, had a fairly calm night, for himself. Um, and while he had a calm night and you know just had the four points, he played 20 minutes as a blow game, da, da, da. 
you probably had the best individual one-on-one highlight of the night in a empty side pick and roll here with Jamal Shedd. Jamal Shedd attacked upwards on three point behind three point line, um, more towards the middle floor from the corner. Then you had uh, Joan Roberts pick and then roll to the baseline. Uh, J- Jamal Shedd finds him the baseline. He took a couple dribbles and then did this up and under like NBA guard looking finesse, graceful kind of twisting and contorting of his body to avoid an offensive foul, to avoid a deflection or a block and make an up and under layup. It really was a highlight of the night as far as like single plays are concerned. Um, the only other thing I'd say was close was Ryan Elvin's lone bucket, which was not quite a three. So I guess I was wrong on that yesterday, but the, the step back, you know, off the dribble three, we haven't seen Ryan Elvin do a whole lot with the dribble. It was impressive to say the least, but I really liked that move from Jawan. And frankly, watching Jawan's move made me think maybe he is, you know, I, Thought he was really well fit for the center position last year. I talked to Ignazium in the offseason about like, is can he play the power forward? I think fairly safe to say like he can. Um, and I, Ainsworth was wrong. Sampson was right. That's going to happen a lot, right? Um, other bigs have played well. JoJo Tugler's energy was super visible. Four steals on a block in just thirteen minutes. That's five. What you know, an analytics person calls stocks in just thirteen minutes. That's kind of unheard of. Um, he made all three of his shots. They're all by the rim, right? Energy palpable. His energy is always a visible thing to see when he steps on the floor. And for what it's worth, you know, had he not been in his, you know, foul trouble at one point, he had three fouls. I think that was mostly in the first half. It might've been two in the first one in the early third or one in the early second, third of his fouls in the early second. Um, he probably plays a little bit more because it is a blowout. Houston's got a bunch of other forwards to play. And so I get why he got what he got. But I do think JoJo Tugler's energy was visible again. It's pretty much every of the nine games they played the season where Tugler steps on the floor and you see like just bodies flying, his his hair flying around as he's flying through the air. All, just speed, 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 length, 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 all those kinds of things. Um, I guess Sed Lott is the other big man that did get in the game some. Uh, said lot here on the official scorecard played five whole minutes. Um, he had one layup. He should have had layup, but he got like stripped as the ball goes up, and then he missed a dunk off the rim. And, and we need to get said lot in the scorebook in these kind of games. And we get we, he had his chances. It just didn't quite happen. Now, if you be like given chances, you can make it happen. Need to go check out our buddies at. Prize picks because prize picks is as much fun as you can have winning money by putting your sports knowledge to the test. They give you all kinds of stats and things like this, and you pick more than or less than on various categories for guys. So, like for example, at this cool sports equinox where football and basketball happen at the same time, you can go in and check out different parlays and look at like Travis Kelsey and LeBron James over under receptions made threes. Let's set the line at like ten and a half. Right, and so can you, do they get more than that or less than that? And so when Travis Kelsey gets seven catches and LeBron James hits his four three, you know you got it done. Price Picks also offers an injury reboot policy, so if you have a guy who gets hurt in the first half and does not come back in in the second half, you don't lose any cash. It's a really really cool injury insurance from the only daily fantasy sports app offering that kind of injury insurance so make sure you go check them out at pricepicks.com slash locked on college use code locked on college for the first possible match up to 100 that's 
prizepicks.com slash locked on college L O C K E D O N C O L L E G E and use code locked on college for your first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. All right, last but not least, I need to show Terrence Arsenal some love because I, I, you guys know I love Terrence Arsenal, but I was particularly hard on him because I did not think he played very well. I don't think he would say he played very well against Xavier. And I have high expectations for Terrence. I think Terrence can be a very talented pro basketball player. And I'm ex- excited to see the kind of like growth development he has in his time here at Houston. And I saw you know, flashes of it last year. And I really am excited for his sophomore campaign. And he's been here a year and all those kind of things. And we'll get to a funny Kelvin Stampson uh, comment after this, talking about his game t- on Wednesday night. But I was really on him in that Xavier game. He, you know, no rebounds, kind of low energy, didn't look like himself, da 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 right? He came out against Rice and was very much himself. Now, he was just three of nine shooting, and I think that's probably the one criticism you could say, but they were all really, really good looks. And as Kelvin Sampson said after the game, he was three of nine tonight, could have easily been seven or nine, and trust me, that's coming. If he continues to play like this, he will have that seven of nine, two of them are three to get a couple free throws. That 20 point kind of night could absolutely have fit in tonight. His shots just fallen. He had nine rebounds to go with those six points, a bunch of deflections and, uh, you know, like getting in the passing lanes and then one monster chase down block on a breakaway. Um, that like it the game was never in doubt. I don't mean to say like, put the game away, but seemed to kind of crush any spirit Rice had left at that point. Great bounce back game for him to follow that disappointing Xavier game. Uh, they get Jackson State this weekend, and then obviously Aggies in a week. Uh, for a kid from the area, because Terrence is from Beaumont, uh, you know that's an important one to him as well. Now, he spoke afterwards about his growth in practice and how, like, He's practicing better than he did as a freshman, and so is expecting to play better than he did as a freshman, and so on. Um, but I thought, after using a cross-country metaphor in which he said that, like, uh, Terrence Arsenal would just run and run and run and run and didn't necessarily know what he was into. He made talk comment about, like, waffle shoes or something. Kelvin Stamps would go on to say about Terrence that he's gaining weight this year after losing weight last year because – he doesn't have to do any of the penalty runs because he knows what he's doing. Meaning that like when you mess up a drill, hey, go hit the line, go run, give me five up and backs or whatever, those kind of things. He doesn't have to do that this year because he's not making the same mistakes. He's actually gaining a little weight this year. And, uh, you know, I don't guess I noticed till Kelvin Sampson said that, but he does look stouter. He lists as closer to 200 pounds now as a year ago, is closer to 170. Um, so maybe there's something to that. But Terrence played really, really well. And after dogging him so much of the Xavier game, I needed to give him his props back i also want to point out that uh damian dunn i was surprised to see he only had 10 points i felt like he scored every time he wanted to um which probably just means i remember all five of his baskets because it was the fun kind of basketball to watch uh dunn did a great job of getting to that mid post that like 10 foot area what i'm calling the mid post that like second tick mark on the foul line area um and as he's doing that he like puts his back to the basket physical with the guy and then we'll like make some sort of a finesse move not quite a dream shake but i'm calling a Carmelo anthony type move and a little shoulder shake with it or whatever and then he jumps up for a jump shot and he would just kind of hang there like knees bent hanging in the air while the defense would 
make a mistake, not fly, you know, wrong direction, da, da, da. and then nice kiss it off the uh, back of the rim through the net. Those kind of moments were really, really cool to watch. And frankly, like, all right, I grew up watching, like, I got into basketball watching, I don't want to say it's the N1 mixtape kind of stuff only, but one-on-one bass was a big thing to watch in the late 90s and early 2000s. Um, getting to watch a guy like Damian Dunn with a little bit more old school to his game, doing that kind of stuff, tugs right at the heartstrings, right? Like, that's exactly the kind of stuff. And it's why we love Carmelo Anthony. And watch Carmelo Anthony as a kid. It's a ton of fun as well. We won't talk about his days as a Houston Rocket, but what it's the same kind of game, and it's fun for the same kinds of ways. Um, <laughs> the other wing that came in, that came in and did well, or that did well, I should say, didn't come in. He came off the bench later and hit his first three after that. Um, Manuel Sharp just continues to be an assassin and beat four of eight from three. Meant he had, uh, sorry, four of eight on the game, two of six from three. He had 12 points. Um, really, really continues to impress on the defensive end this year. Manuel does. Um, obviously, I keep talking about it. And so if Manuel, this ever gets back to you, I don't mean to keep talking about it, but I think it bears mentioning that you're playing this well, just 18 months post bad leg breaking injury, right? Um, that's kudos to the rehab, the recovery and all that, but it also helps explain like the dramatic growth we're seeing and how well he's moving this year versus last year. Cause he's going from like a year post injury to like two years post injury. Right. And so that's important to keep in mind. And that's why he's looking so great this year. I would say, honestly, um, yes, Jamal shed played well and yes, LJ Cryer played well, but that was somewhat predictable. They're going to play well against most teams we play. They're very talented basketball players. It was cool to see the full team effort from all these different guys, Javier, all the way to, frankly, Ryan Elvin coming off the bench and hitting a off the dribble step back almost three with a long two as it was on the line. Um, really, really fun thing to watch, fun game to watch. It's always good to beat those Rice Owls. Now, Jackson State is this weekend. We got a week until we play the Aggies. Lots of fun things happen on Houston's campus, including things like Willie Fritz, transfer portal, gasp, all kinds of things happening in the third ward with the Houston Cougars. So for the latest each and every day, I ask that you subscribe. We would love to talk to you about it again tomorrow. If you're looking for a second listen of the day, I'm going to recommend Locked over there. That locked on college basketball because Andy and Isaac talk all things college hoops each and every day. If you made this fun episode, you must like talking about college basketball as well. They got a really fun show, so go check them out. Thank you all again so much. Locked on Cougs is a primary locked on podcast. Now we're going to your team, our Cougs, every day. Go Cougs.